Con Prime, ¿recibes bombillas en un día? Edison estaría orgulloso. Uh -huh. Orgullosísimo. Recibe rápido los esenciales diarios. Prime, lo cambia todo. Community Radio. Cross Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. You can join us live here on Facebook or download the TuneIn Radio app. It's free, where we are live 365 on Joko Community Radio, the voice of Johnson County, Texas. To share a little bit about REACH, our mission is to support safe and healthy choices vital to the well-being of our youth, families, and community. The show will guide you, educate you, and inspire you to be a part of the solution and to reach out and help make a difference in our communities. What began as a local movement in the city of Middle Othian grew to include programs throughout Ellis County with only a few years and eventually expanded into neighboring Johnson County, Texas. And so here we are today. Uh, I do want to share a few announcements real quick before we get started on our show tonight. I wanted to remind everybody that the uh, the DEA prescription drug take back event is going to be coming up on Saturday, April the 30th. And I, I know of several locations and I'll share those and I'm sure our guests probably have some information that they might be able to share as well. Uh, in Alvarado, the police department is going to set up at the town square at 600 South Frow Street. In Burleson, uh, the police department are going to set up at the Walmart parking lot at 951 Southwest Wilshire Boulevard. In Cleburne, they'll be at the Municipal Court parking lot at 303 West Henderson. And in Venus, they'll be at the Exxon Tiger Mart at 101 U.S. Highway 67. And uh, you can... Um, Clean out your medicine cabinets and bring any expired or unused medications to these drop box locations. It's kind of a drive up and drop off. Uh, it's totally anonymous. Uh, a lot of times there's going to be little giveaway items that we'll, we'll have. Uh, be sure that uh, to check out for some of our members from REACH. Uh, we're going to be at several of these locations. And I think the time is... 10 a.m. to 2, I know for so sure. So 10, 10 to 2 is, is the standard, but I know some places may start at 9 o'clock mm -hmm. or, or whatever, depending on, you know, what they have as far as uh, staffing to be able to, to work these events. Do y'all y'all have a, a location as well? With we do. Cook Children's um, is planning an event at 7000 Calmont okay. Avenue in Fort Worth, and that zip code is 76116. That's a Cook Children's location. Awesome. And, uh, you know, if you're listening outside the Johnson County area, be sure to go to the DEA website and look at Take Back Events. And they have a, a place that you can go in and enter your zip code, and it'll tell you the closest Dropbox location uh, for you. But it's real important that you... Um, Clean out your medicine cabinets because our youth, their number one point of access uh, to drugs is in home medicine cabinets. And so as the DE say, DEA says, don't be the dealer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, clean out your medicine cabinets uh, and safely drop them off at this location. And they're disposed of in an environmentally safe way. So they don't end up in our landfills and in our, in our water supply. Uh, but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or through our website if you have any questions about the uh, the DEA Take Back events coming up on Saturday, April the 30th. And we have some special guests in studio with us this evening, and, and our topic this evening is going to be water safety and lifeguard your child. 
we have uh, Dr. Daniel Guzman and Dana Walraven that are here with us, and I'm going to share a little information on, on the both of you. And again, welcome to, uh, to uh, the Reach Across Johnson County show. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Guzman is a pediatric emergency physician at Cook Children's Medical Center and has been on staff since 2003. In 2017, he started Aim for Safety, a firearm awareness program focused on educating both children and parents on the dangers of having an unsecured and loaded firearm in the home. Dr. Guzman's goal is to reduce the number of unintentional firearm injuries uh, seen in the uh, I just lost my spot. I apologize. <laughs> Dr. Guzman's goal is to reduce the number of unintentional firearm injuries seen in children that present in the emergency re- emergency department and to encourage the use of firearm safety devices. He is passionate about the injury prevention and works closely with the Center of Children's Health as an advocate for educating our community about all injury prevention topics. I, I swear I'm a little tongue-tied this evening for some reason. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Guzman is a medical director for the uh, transport team at Teddy Bear Transport and provides day-to-day direction and education for the staff. Currently, he serves on multiple committees at Cook's, uh, including the Hospital Quality Improvement Committee, the Trauma Improvement Committee as Trauma Liaison uh, for the Emergency Department, and the Surgical Clinical Excellence Committee. He is an executive member and secretary of the Emergency Physicians Advisory Board that provides medical direction to MedStar and surrounding ES. EMS agencies. He also serves as co-medical director for the North Central Texas Trauma Regional Advisory Council, providing direction and development of protocols for the hospital in the region. Dr. Guzman currently provides education and training for medical students from both TCU School of Medicine and the UNT Health Science Center. Currently, Dr. Guzman is conducting research on how to improve firearm safety practices in the home. In his free time, he trains for half and full marathons with his wife. That's very impressive. Very good. And then I'm going to share. I mean, not just everything else, but then the marathons at that. I know, that's, really. That's yeah, awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's all my wife. <laughs> she keeps you, keeps you going. Keeps doesn't she? Exactly. Absolutely. We also are joined by Dana Walraven. She is the manager of community health at the Center of Children's Health at Cook Children's Health Healthcare System. Dana has her BS Elementary Early Childhood Education College of of Charleston, South Carolina. She is certified child life specialist and she has her certification in child passenger safety technician and as an instructor. Dana has been working in the health in the healthcare field for over 25 years and has been an employee of Cook Children's for 23 years. Wow. 10 of which uh, were in the emergency department as a child life specialist. Since then she has led injury prevention initiatives and community coalitions trans- transitioning Safe Kids Tarrant County to Safe Kids North Texas, based in, let's see, based in Fort Worth, where they now proudly serve 11 counties. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Her career has come full circle, and she now helps prevent children, uh, families from ending up in the emergency department where she used to work, and she finds that quite rewarding. Wow, that is amazing. And as you can tell, I'm not a real professional, so. <laughs> what a radio <laughs> professional. Yeah, I'm not a radio professional. I'm just a, an everyday person, and I get tongue-tied just like everybody. So, I thought you did good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, again, welcome. Uh, we love having you come in. We love in-studio guests. I'm really excited about this, not only because y'all are um, in person, but just because we've been trying to do this for about a year or so. So, I was like, we're getting this done before the summer comes <laughs> because it's important. Yeah. So, thank y'all for coming. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Well, I'd, I'd seen a post, and actually we, we also shared it, where there were you know, um, 
water safety, there was a, a deal with some statistical information of drownings that have already taken place up through, you know, recently in April. And uh, so, I mean, it's shocking, you know, the, the amount of kids uh, that have been, you know, killed or injured, you know, due to you know, drownings. So, yeah, we feel so fortunate to be here to spread the message. We are seeing an unprecedented number of children coming to Cook Children's to be treated for drownings. Mm. I believe so far since January, we've had 17 drownings, oh, three wow. of which ended up in death. And oh, so, we really want to share um, just an alert with families um, that this is happening and it's not just during a, a particular time of year, mm-hmm. especially in Texas. We have warm climates oh, yes. and um, we really have um, access to water all year round yep. and so we want to just bring up some tips for families okay. and when you think about it um, drowning is not a, just a summer thing right and that's kind of what we traditionally think about drowning it's, it's in the summertime um, but this is happening all year round and, and the numbers are you know alarming as Dana pointed out that we've already seen more than we saw last year um, oh my goodness. Uh, in the first four months so that's definitely scary as an ER physician knowing that's you know occurring um, and we're seeing that in the ER it's it's definitely devastating uh, and a tragic uh, you know tragic tragic events I mean because these are all preventable right in the end mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. are all preventable injuries that we can do something about do y'all see it in a certain age group? Well, the the highest risk area are children between the ages of one to four. Okay. But when we talk about lakes, the um, the injuries can potentially triple for teens mm-hmm. uh, 50, around 15 years of age. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, any child can swim, even those who have had swim lessons. But the risk area, the ones we see most of, are between the ages of one to four. Yeah, and, and definitely we think about pools, we think about lakes, but we also are seeing an increase in the number of drownings in buckets or toilets and bathtubs. So those are other places that we don't traditionally think about right. in the home. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, we're taking a bath and, you know, you step away for a minute or two to go grab the phone or answer the door. But those are the highest risk times. And when you think about children, they can drown in one inch of water, which is not a whole lot of water. It's not a whole lot at all. And I never even realized that until I think Sherry was telling me. Yeah, I had had heard two inches, but yeah, one inch. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it's really just enough to cover the nose and the mouth where you can't breathe. And then you have a drowning. Yeah, if you leave a little one in, then they can't flip back over or something like that. That is that is so scary. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that before until I started having kids and then, uh, you know, we had a few friends that had swimming pools, and it's like I was so paranoid about the swimming pools and everything that I never even thought about, like you said, buckets and, and things like that, or toilets, because, you, know, you know, they have a tendency to go and want to put things in the toilet, <laughs> and if they go in to reach for it, I mean, it could, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, too, they're so top-heavy. Mm-hmm. Their heads mm-hmm. are heavy, they're not coordinated, and they can look down and deep into something, but they might not be able to get back up. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't think about when you said phones, you know, when we were growing up, that wasn't something that our parents dealt with was looking at the phones or YouTube or whatever's in front of them to keep them from being bored or whatever. But Yes, that's definitely something that parents these days, young parents, really have to focus on. I think there's so many distractions, right? And when mm-hmm. you think about just your daily life and how busy we all are, but then you add a phone to that and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you may be doing on the phone, we really just need to concentrate on if it's bath time, we're there with the right. kids, we're yeah. watching the kids until, you know, we're done with bath time and then we get them out and we drain the tub. I mean, yeah. I think you, you can quickly just forget to do that as you, you know, drying off the child and you walk away from that and then they find their way back to the bathroom and the kids are curious they're it's you know it's part of their nature they're going to find things they're going to get into things and 
um, we want to just be have get parents aware of those you know those possibilities because it can take what. 20 seconds. 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 Yeah. Yeah. When you think about a drowning issue, like Dana said, it's just water that goes into the lungs and that is classified as a drowning. And we've had this kind of conversation and it's actually a national and a worldwide conversation about what is a drowning? What does that really mean versus a near drowning? And and when you think about drowning uh, and what we're trying to get away from, because there's all different types of drownings that that we used to talk about, wet drownings, dry drownings, um, and so near drownings. But now we're trying to make it simple. So if you you're, you know, have water in your lungs, that is a drowning. Uh, okay. Now, what we try to focus on is the outcome. What does that mean to your child? So if you had a, if you drowned and you end up in the ER or in, in the hospital for a stay, what was the outcome? Did you, was there a mortality? Was there some significant brain damage as a result of that? Or was that child uh, able to go home uh, normal? And, and so that's where I think we need to classify and discuss more and, and put the emphasis on any child who goes under the water um, and has water in their lungs is a drowning. Because yeah, I want to comment on something, because I, I had heard the, the dry drowning before, but where, um, and, and I may have actually have this wrong, but I wanted to ask that you're here, uh, that a child may have taken in water and things like that, gotten out of the pool and not had any issues, and then... Later on, later on, yeah, and the, those, some problems. Those are rare events, okay. honestly. I mean, it's not something that we see a lot of. Okay, and, 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 the, and when, you, when you talk about that, and those, I think there was a couple of three years ago, we were talking about that as far as some kids in Houston or a kid or two, and it's more laryngospasm. So it's kind of the upper larynx area that has okay. a laryngospasm, and that could just be from inflammation or it could be from an allergic reaction. Okay, um, and, and the irritation of having water uh, in and around in the area. Yeah, so but it's okay. very rare. That's something that's very rare that we that we don't really see past that for first four to six hour mark of, okay. of a drowning okay. um you know if, if we're gonna have significant issues you're gonna see that within that first few hours okay how long after i mean if if something was to happen that a child was going under and somebody didn't notice right away how is there a certain time that you still be, are able to resuscitate or get the water out of their lungs we, well we we say we resuscitate no matter what right okay, so right. we're gonna Since 1957, the Total Air and Heat family has had one thing on our mind, your comfort. Every spring, Total Air starts thinking about your summer, and every fall, we start planning to warm your winter. Total Air specialized technicians average over 100 hours of training each year, and we back their work with a lifetime workmanship warranty, so for years to come, you can rest easy knowing you've received excellent service at a family-friendly price. Visit us at TotalAir.com and let our family make your family our top priority. The first thing you want to do is obviously remove the child from the water, okay. um, and you want to start CPR at that okay. point. You want to, if there's enough, uh, you know, there's someone else there with you, you want to call 911. Have somebody go and okay. call 911. Um, if there's any concern for trauma, you also want to protect the neck. Um, okay. And so if somebody dove into the pool and now they're, you know, they're, um, and they're face down, and if somebody saw that, then you want to protect their neck so there's no cervical spine or spinal cord injury that, that they okay. suffer in addition to the drowning. So, uh, but the first and foremost thing is you start CPR. You provide them an airway. You provide them... Uh, that support, that cardiac support they need while you're waiting for EMS to arrive. Okay, so chest compressions and breaths. Yes, I think everyone, uh, you know, um, with little ones, and if you have a pool, and if you don't have a pool, I think CPR is an important Important thing that we should all have. uh, And I want to say I had a child that um, aspirated after surgery, and um, I worked in foster care, like a program director, et cetera, for 15 years, and we would have the yearly trainings. And I know in that moment parents just – like freeze. Mm -hmm. And I can say that's what happened to me. So it's 
hopefully someone there. I mean, I don't even know how to tell anybody to stay calm and just do what you have to do because I just couldn't do anything. I was just, I was like a floating, not even knowing what was going on. So that, so easy to say. And then some parent, I mean, I don't know how many parents struggle with that, but I know I did. It's definitely hard. I mean, even for myself with my own kids, when they have something that, you know, uh, happens to them, uh, you kind of take a moment to kind of figure out what's going on and, mm-hmm. and how to respond. And then things kind of kick in mm-hmm. naturally. I think for all of us, even in the ER, we, you know, you take a minute, you, you kind of get, uh, you know, get your bearings, get your bearings mm-hmm. figure out what the situation is. And then you, you know, things you just go. Just, and I think with uh, mm-hmm. parents, it's the same thing. You, you, you that drive to want to help your mm-hmm. baby, mm-hmm. no matter what is going to kick in. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually had a situation happen that was like that. And anytime that, there was somebody with me. I mean, I was kind of like, I would be freaking out and they would have to deal with it. But the one time that I was by myself uh, with my child and he, he, we were getting ready to go swimming and he was putting on his water wingies and wanted to do it himself and he went to pull and he lost his balance and he fell and hit the corner of the coffee table and it went right through his chin. And I was the only one home with him at that point and it was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And it's like, so I picked him up, took him to the bathroom and of course he's spit blood i grabbed a wash rag got in the car to go for, the, <laughs> for the hospital but my mom and them had just left yeah and so they were headed to the dentist office and what was weird is instead of going to the emergency room you went I, to them i went to the dentist office which was on the way but you know i, I laid on the we still need our parents and i did good until they took him from my arms and once they took him from my arms i just went to pieces mm-hmm. at that point so i think if if a situation arises and you're the only one there it it kind of kicks in yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't by myself. My husband was there. And I was like, have you even had a CPR class? Because, I mean, it just happens. They know what to do. But well, You know, a lot of that is just the unexpected. And so what we really try to let families know is try to plan ahead. Do some home safe proofing. Look around your home, whether it's inside and outside. See what types of things a child can get into. Yeah. Now, no one would have probably expected the corner of a of a coffee, coffee table. table. Hey, but I got I'll rid tell of you, all that mine. Happens more than you think. Yeah. After that, all of my coffee tables were gone. <laughs> <laughs> but if caregivers can practice that plan, whether it's a yeah. parent, a grandparent, a babysitter, so that they know if something happens, mm-hmm. I know uh, the address of where I am. I know how to get to the phone and call. Seconds count, don't they, Doctor oh, yeah, Guzman? Yeah. And so call for help um, and just. Try to prevent as much as possible. Keep the cabinets locked for poisons. Mm-hmm. Keep the doors and the screens locked for the windows. And, you know, circling back to drownings and preventing those. Uh, with the risk area of one to four, we know that kids are exploring. Oh, yeah. That's in their nature. And they gravitate toward the water. They don't mm-hmm. have the experiences yet in life to know the dangers of it. So they're gravitating. So they're going to pull on those doorknobs. They're going to push on the window screens, and they're going to crawl through the doggy doors. We have these experiences Mm -hmm. at at Cook Children's, Mm -hmm. and these are the things that happen. So we like families to create a home plan if they have a backyard pool or when they're visiting a pool. if, If it's a pool that you're not familiar with, look around to see what potential barriers you should put in place so when the child is out of sight, they can't get to the water. I love that. I didn't think about, you know, warning parents about visiting there. You know, that's something that you probably think you're new. Everyone's going to be watching and then it's not the case. I just got to thinking about, I mean, we have, uh, we have dogs and we have 
those little swimming pools that we put out for our dogs during the summer months. I actually have two new grandbabies, oh, and I've got to thinking, you know, I really need to relook and, and they say some of those these to turn them upside down, right? Whenever the kids are yeah, young, definitely. kids are around to not okay. even have them where water can, because yeah. rainwater or anything can fill Keep up. In fill those. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, and I've got buckets. So I, I, I really, I, as you said, I need to go and just take a take a good view at everything and see where it's a potential dangers. Could what be. is? What are the main things y'all see in the ER? Like the, I guess the pools, or is it? Well, it's a combination of pools and uh, bathtubs. I okay. Mean, okay. And, and so we don't see as many lake drownings as you hear. And then again, like Dana said, that population of drownings is actually the older adolescent mm-hmm. uh, group uh, who feel feel a little bit more fearless mm-hmm, and you know, mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, I think as parents, you know, looking at your younger kids, you're going to be a little bit more, you know, close to them when they're out in the open water, if you will. Um, but a lot of them are, are pools and bathtubs. Um, so with that, um, we have some of the questions, I guess y'all wrote, or did we come up with these? No, they, they, oh, no, awesome. they provided what are some safety tips points. that y'all yeah. have for the swimming pools? Yeah. Gosh, well, okay. well, let's split them into two and Dr. Guzman and I can kind <laughs> of um, piggyback on one another, but when you're at the pool and it's planned swim time versus unplanned swim time. So that's what we kind of like to point out Um, when it's planned swim time and, and the caregivers with their children um, around the pool, you want to make sure that you have a designated water watcher. That's first and foremost. And what that is, in fact, we have water watcher. I love these. I know I do too. (laughs) These are such an easy tool for an adult I preface adult because we don't want this responsibility on a child. They're distraction, mm-hmm. uh, distracted, and it's just not their responsibility. But it should be an adult designated to know how many kids are in the pool, count the heads, uh, stay in reach so that if someone does get tired in the middle of the pool or if they're not the strongest swimmer, you can be right there and scoop them up if they, if they you know, need, yeah. need some help. Um, but then after an amount of time, they can switch uh, another person. Yep. Yes, give it to another adult, then it's their turn. That way it's not one person all day long. And if you don't have a party of people right there, if it's one caregiver, give yourself a break. Take time to get all the kids out of the pool. Make sure they're all going with you inside mm-hmm. if that's the case. Because yeah. what we also see sometimes is people transition inside and then a child goes back and you can't hear drowning. And so we yeah. want to make sure that all the kids are accounted for. Okay, absolutely. That's great. I know y'all have got, so we've got the little magnet here too that, that talks about the bathtub pools in open waters and lakes. So uh, we'll have some of those that we'll be able to to hand out. These bracelets, I used to, um, I worked at ACH Child and Family Services for years and I would come pick these up from y'all's <laughs> office and hand them out to our foster parents at trainings yeah. because you always, especially at holidays or family gatherings to me you think everybody's watching whoever because there's uncle aunt grandma but the thing is everybody's so excited to be around each other and they're talking that nobody's nobody's watching watching. and I love this because my husband actually has one of these on um because we just moved out to a farm and he the probably second or third night he left the water on and of course my dad who lives back on the property Noted that his cell phone lets him know about the water meter, and he calls me the next morning. Who left the water on? And I'm like, Heath did, and we already put one of these, um, just a hair tie for me on the deal. That way, when he goes to turn the water on, he can look down and remember to go turn it off. Oh, that's Same smart. thing. Yeah. I mean, this is so important to be able to 
pass off. Yeah. And if there's a party of people, it, you know, a lot of people will put a schedule together. And so, you know, when your time is because it it is so easy to get distracted and everyone thinks someone's watching Mm -hmm. when no one's watching. Mm -hmm. So that's really an easy way to make sure you have a hold of it. And another new creative thing people are doing is um, getting a lifeguard. They're um, contracting a lifeguard to come to their party and they're the designated person. And so that's not a bad idea. But Uh if you're not able to do that, a simple water watcher schedule is a really good plan. And I I guess that water watcher does not need to be on their phone. No. No, No, that's always the husband. I'm like, can you put your phone down while you're watching the pool, please? Oh, goodness. Uh, Well, let's talk about what are some of the safety tips for bathtub? Let's go ahead and just cover that as well. So, you know, we talked about earlier, um, distractions. I think a distraction-free bath Mm -hmm. is what we should be doing with our our children. Uh, That's so important. I think and that time is really, I think, cool to have with your mm-hmm. kids as well yeah. so you can use that in different ways um, and not just a, a chore for it's time to take a bath um, and I think that's one of the key things is uh, you know if the phone's ringing or the door but anything else going on it should be whatever amount of time distraction free watching our babies uh, getting them cleaned and then getting them out of the, out of the bath and then definitely draining the, the, the water, the water uh, that's another key part of that um, is making sure that we're draining. Because uh, they want to go sneak back in. They do. Yeah. They do. And if there are siblings who maybe mm. it's their bath time to remind them to drain mm-hmm. the tub when they're done. That sometimes is what happens is it's somebody else altogether taking a bath, but the child can go right in that open door. So I'm a mom of twins, so I'm sure other moms of multiples feel my pain. You want to tackle both and just get it done. But I remember one time the twins were like two, and I had them both in there, and I grabbed one literally just was drying him off standing there and one I mean and you think by two they're sitting up good but you're right they're top heavy mm-hmm. and one fell in the way just the trauma that caused me just to watch and you know I never again I would just shut the bathroom door let our older daughter know and that way they weren't both in there because you you just don't know and if you've got two in there or even if there's a three-year-old and a two-year-old and you think you're trying to get it done it's just con- a few seconds. It's hard. I mean, it, it's uh, it becomes a um, a difficult task, right? Mm-hmm. When you have more than one in there, and, and and you're trying to run the house, and you got other kids, yeah. it's it's you uh, want to try to contain them all. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parents are easy. so well meaning, and we balance yes. so much in the day. But this is something we don't want to take a chance on. So right. balance the other things. But when it's time for your child in and around water or some of these other danger zones around the home it's just best to take it that is. time it's great bonding time yeah no definitely yeah. And, I, and and when i hear in the ear when i see folks that come in um one of the comments you always hear is i never thought it was going to happen to me oh, and, yes. and this is where you kind of planning ahead you know making sure that you know we are doing all those things, like, you know, like Dana said earlier, having a home safety plan. You review that for whatever it is, whether it's the pools, firearms, you know, poisons, mm-hmm. but you review that so you have a plan so that when something does happen, that freak out moment is mm-hmm. not so bad. Right. And then you kind of re- realize, okay, what do I got to do next? What are I, what, what, you know, what's my next step in this process of, of doing something? And so I think the same thing with our, with, with baths and, and watching our kids is that's important. Yeah. It's kind of cool when you think about the kids and as they grow, you want to include them in the process so they know let's say there's an emergency how to get out of the house what are your options and practice that just like they do at school i love that well i tell you what stay tuned with us we'll be we will be back with dr kuzman and dana and talk about water safety thank you
If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1581. Out of deck carpet giving you the blue. When I switched to direct energy, I got $320 in Amazon.com gift cards, which I used to buy a new popcorn maker for when I binge all my favorite shows. I know. I thought she was guilty too. Sign up or renew your energy plan and get $320 in Amazon.com gift cards. Visit directenergy.com. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash GC-legal. Amazon gift card bonus applies to eligible offers. See directenergy.com slash Amazon for full details. Subject to terms and conditions. PUCT certificate number 10040. We've all made mistakes. Like when you convince yourself you should cut your own hair. Mm, you shouldn't. Or when you forget someone's name you've already met. Like three times. At Frost Bank, we can't help you avoid every mistake, but we can help when you overdraft. If you overdraw your checking account by $100 or less, we'll waive the fee based on qualifying conditions. Because, hey, we're all human. It's about being more understanding. It's about more than money. Frost Bank. Learn about qualifying conditions at frostbank.com overdraft. Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleveland, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleveland, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The floor store, they got you covered. When you're hungry for tender brisket or some delicious homemade cobbler, then look no further than Leach Brothers Barbecue, located at 1106 East Henderson, Cleburne, Texas. Leach Brothers has been family-owned and operated since 1950. Take it from me, Taco Joe Orwinski. Todd and his family have been filling my belly breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a long time. Heck, I even have my own booth. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Come see them for dine-in, carry-out, and all your catering needs. You're listening to Joko Community Radio. And welcome back to the second half of the Reach Across Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. We are proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas, and it is live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. To listen or to watch, simply go to TuneInJoko.com to choose where and how. The Joko Community Radio app is now available for free on Android and Apple devices. Simply search your store. Check out the lineup and more on jococommunityradio.com. This episode and more are brought to you by Patriot Claims, making your insurance work for you. Reach out to your Texas sales rep, Nona Reed, at 844-TEXHAIL at 844-839-4245. 
Good job. <laughs> I made it through with that fumble in that one. I don't know what my, my deal is today, but it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm tripping over my tongue. Well, uh, again, we are joined this evening uh, by Dr. Guzman and Dana, and we're talking about water safety. And so I know we just kind of finished talking about bathtub safety tips. What about some safety tips for swimming in the lakes and the rivers? Well, you know, there's so much... Uh, Texas has a lot of lakes. We have a yes. lot of open water. We have ponds. We have tanks in the back of some of our properties. And so it's really um, interesting to kind of think of that a little bit different than pools. And so you still want to have a water watcher because a child around water um, is a potential danger. Uh, but I do want to say Cook Children's really uh, encourages families to be around the water. It's such a healthy mm-hmm. activity where you do have bonding time. You have time to relax, but you want to put certain things in place. So when we're talking about lakes, just realize, gosh, or think about how murky they are. You can't always right. see to the bottom like you can a pool. So what's underneath that water? Uh, you want to think about whether they a child can swim or if they can't or if they're not the strongest. You want to think about having a life jacket. It always has to be a U.S. Coast Guard approved life jacket. I want to preface that because a lot of life jackets look the same. And um, we don't always look at labels, right? Who reads the stuff anymore? I didn't even know that. So what's (laughs) the difference? So there are some life jackets out there, and um, they're on the market at places that we typically shop. And if you look at the label, it might read, this is not a life-saving device. So it might be something they call a trainer or something and expect a parent just to be on the just like the little water wings. They right. can blow them up and you can slide them up on a, on a child's arm, but if they become deflated um, or even if they don't, they hold up an arm but not the head, and that's where right. we need to breathe. So mm-hmm. any kind of life jacket, you want to look at the label. It should read U.S. Coast Guard approved. If it's not, then it's not been tested to keep okay. a child's head above the water. If that it, is good to know. Yeah. Really good to know. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know that. You also want to make sure the life jacket fits because I remember growing up to – we always were given life jackets, but they were just kind of threw them mm-hmm, to everyone mm-hmm. to put on, and right. you could slip right through some of those. So you want to make sure you have a good snug fit so that the child is really going to be protected and it's going to do its job. If it's not well fitted, again, you might have a child that slips right through. It's not going to keep them above the water. Okay. Yeah, I know that, that some that we've gotten for the kids, because we take the boat out every now and then, and I know that on our kids, when I say kids, these you know six- and seven-year-olds, their life jacket still has the strap that goes yep. up underneath. So yeah. I know I don't like actually getting into the lake water because of what's not being able to, <laughs> to see. And I hate when fish or something come up next to me. It gives me anxiety. Me I can go to the lake, but with my kids and even like the ocean, I just want them to be close. It's just so scary. It's like a parent's yeah. nightmare what can happen. It can be, but it can also be just a very memorable summer if you do it right. And yeah. so, you know, in addition to the murkiness, there are different kinds of currents and different right. depths. And so because you can't always tell, you know, there could be some drop-offs and you think it's really shallow, but in one extra step, you're going to go down. Go down. Mm-hmm. And so you, again, you want to stay in close reach. Uh, you want to have those life jackets on and you also want to just kind of keep an eye on them in case of currents and other dangers that might be around. You know, I, speaking of the currents and everything, we had a family member. They had gone to, uh, I guess it was around, it was in Florida, Destin or someplace. And 
two of the kids got caught up in into a current. Luckily, they they had you know floaties, and I don't know if they had life jackets. I, I never did hear on that, but it, luckily they had the fl- a flotation device. But it took somebody that knew how to to go in and actually do it to get them get them back out. And uh, and I, we don't think about things like that. So anytime that you're getting out near the water, whether it be the lake, the ocean, out at the Gulf or whatever, mm-hmm. like you should, like you said. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Wear a life jacket. I think that's really important. And, and with, with boats as well. I mean, it's, yes. it's the law in Texas that all children should have a life jacket on. So I think that's hey, if really I get important. in the water, I have a life jacket. <laughs> <laughs> What's think, the age of that? Up uh, till I think it's up to fourteen. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'd have to check. Yeah, I think it's four, up to fourteen. Okay. Um, I mean, I would want my seventeen-year-old to have it, but <laughs> I know if I get in the water, I'm going to have a life jacket on because you just you never know. And you know, people get get tired. And I've we've had mm-hmm. situations that we were in the water and the boat started floating away, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, okay, I'm glad we had our life jackets on at that point. Well, when you also think about CO2, so carbon monoxide, yes. um, CO rather, um, and how that can affect someone who's been on a boat all day long, uh, that can definitely make you sleepy as you're in the water, and then you jump right. in the water and you're kind of already a little bit out of it. And then, I never even thought about that, but that's yeah. true. And if so, they leave the motor running and yeah. mm-hmm. instead of cutting it off while you're in the water. Exactly. You know, lake enforcement really wants everyone in a boat to have access to a life jacket. You know, the weather can change at any moment. You can, you know, the boat can flip and they want a safety device for everyone, even an adult. Um, you know, but it, we, we talk about boats and just remember when that transition time is happening, uh, this is something that we've seen as well. Everyone's distracted trying to get the coolers and the mm-hmm, towels mm-hmm. and everything yes. off the boat. Where Where is the child? So make sure that they're escorted off the boat, up the dock, and onto dry land um, and in sight while all that other is happening. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a really good key is the water watcher. That person continues That's, the water watching even on land, yes. yeah. and you continue that until you're it's uh, like away the from the water. things that we do and we're you know trying to get off the lake real fast or get everything packed yes. at the beach and nobody's watching at yeah. that time. So yeah. that's good. That's I'm glad y'all listed that. Transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to put some of those Did we boat. talk about, I know we talked about there's been 17 drownings this year, but are there any other statistics that y'all think we should share? Well, I have a big one. Um, okay. Last year, about 60% of the drownings we treated were during unplanned swim time. So we, earlier we were talking about planned swim time and the water watchers and staying in reach and putting kids in swim lessons. But also consider that unplanned swim. That's when parents don't expect the child to be around the water. And that's okay. when uh, we might all be inside. They get out of our sight. So many Texas homes have a backyard pool apartment pool, hotel pool. Mm. They really, we have a lot of access to water in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so just think about the risk area, those young explorers for and under trying to get to the water. Mm -hmm. So during unplanned swim time, what kinds of things can we plan ahead, that home safety plan, plan ahead and look to see the more layers of protection you have in place, the safer the child. So it might be you have a four-sided fence around the pool. That's great. But we know that's not 100%. Sometimes yeah. kids can, you know, climb a, a table or a bench or something to get over that. So what else do you have in place? Maybe it's a pool alarm and a, a lock uh, at the top of the door that accesses the pool area. So a child okay. can't reach that when the parent maybe is in the next room. Um windows any windows that access the pool area let's make sure especially on a spring day in texas we've had some beautiful days Mm -hmm. let's make sure they can't push on the screen and get out to that pool area 
Doggy doors are huge. We have seen a lot of children access the pool through a doggy door. <laughs> so, crazy. see, I hadn't thought about that. I, I don't have a doggy door, but I mean, I know so many people that do that have swimming pools, and so you know, it do y'all ever see children access their neighbor's pool? Yes, yeah. unfortunately, okay. yeah. So you want to think about your pool, your neighbor's pool if they have one, and again pools that you're visiting so when you go and drop off your child or spending the day somewhere else you really no matter what the day is going to be planned for whether it's swimming or or just babysitting or anything with the child you should look at the environment that you're leaving them in and Mm -hmm. seeing what potential dangers and what can I put in place to prevent that yeah, I hate to, I mean, I feel like we're selling big fuddy duddies. Like, well, you don't want <laughs> to have any fun. You know? but, but I think giving you people the ideas of what what we see in the ER, right? What Absolutely. Do you, what happens? Well, in no, so, no parent wants to experience this. So I think that's why education is so I, important. I don't feel like y'all are making it work. <laughs> Nobody wants to go swimming. I just, I think it's great for parents to consider the worst sometimes. Right. I mean. Well, these are simple things too, right? Simple tips to uh, make sure you have a lock on a door or that you have a way that they cannot get out through a window. Um, What's a pull alarm? A pool alarm. There are so many pool alarms. There are alarms you can put in the pool. So if the water is broken, it can alarm it off. Wow. Now, I'll say some may disregard it thinking a frog jumped in the pool or something because some of them are quite sensitive but there are even ones you can put on a child so if you have a toddler who's in and out and you have a pool if um it's a little bracelet and they can lock it on kind of like the old key locks for a roller skate and so you can lock it on it's there's no chokeables on it for a toddler but if they're submerged in any kind of liquid it's going to alarm off and so that is an easy thing a parent can know always Check the pool first, right, yeah, Dr. Yeah, Guzman? I think we've talked about this before, layers of protection. I think that's really important. You can probably get alarm fatigue pretty quick if you yeah. hear that going off constantly. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you have other layers in there as well, then you can be a little bit more confident that, okay, mm-hmm. uh, but I still need to go check it either yeah, way. Right. But you can still have some confidence that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. All the layers kind of slow a child down, right? Because they're so active. So and if fast. they have to get through the door mm-hmm. and then if they have to get through the fence and they mm-hmm. have to get through all the layers you put in place, you might have a chance to catch them before they get yeah, in. Say, it'll <laughs> slow them down, but it won't stop them. Right. That's, uh, truly, kids, that's what they do. Yes, especially if they've experienced the water and they don't understand what no is at the moment. <laughs> Right. They're wanting to get to that pool. Okay, y'all tell us about the Lifeguard Your Child program. Is that Yeah, is that's a something? campaign that okay. Cook Children's really feel strongly about. We developed this a few years back when we saw an increase in drowning incidents. We knew we had to do something. I mean, we know Texas there are going to be drownings, but we were seeing a spike, and it was happening quickly. It was affecting um, the staff at Cook Children's. Yep. They just wanted to do something about it. So we all got together as a system. It was really incredible and uh, put a lot of strategies together. We had been working on drowning prevention, but we really stepped it up. We got signs out into community pools. We um, put a lot of water watcher tags out for families Mm -hmm. in as many counties and through as many of our coalition partners as possible. Uh, We were educating on the radio, the news, everywhere, just to spread the word, hey, this is what's happening, this is what we're treating, and here's how to prevent it. 
Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and I guess, um, where can they access the bracelets? Where do we want to? That's a good question. All the things that we have worked hard to put together, uh-huh. if they go to Lifeguard Your Child, they're going to be able to request um, signs or uh, water watcher tags or life jackets. And okay. so we are there for them if they will go to Lifeguard Your Child. It does have... Is that a website or... It's our website. And what's okay. fantastic about that, it really helps split up... Uh, the drowning occurrences into learning more about uh, pool safety, mm-hmm. lake safety, bathtub okay. safety, and gives these easy tips uh, that we might not have mentioned today. I mean, there there are so many easy things to put in place. Like Dr. Guzman said, it's all preventable. Do y'all have any, um, I guess, resources for parents that maybe want to get um, certified in CPR? Do y'all know where to send? Or are were we talking about having a place in Burleson? In June, or was that something different for first aid? No, that was some, yeah, that's different. Okay. That's the mental okay. health first aid. Well, that's okay. okay. I, what I can share with you is okay. that one of our partner, our community partners, the Burleson Fire Department, uh-huh. they actually will help a family for free learn CPR. That's amazing. So family CPR, you can go, okay. um, just call them in advance, and they'll schedule some that. time and cool. do that. They've shared with me. It's okay to say that. Okay, great. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask because I was sitting here and I was like, what about the families that really have no clue what how to do CPR? So that's awesome. That is really good. Um, you know, we, we, we need to make sure that we have uh, some of these at our next coalition meetings. That yes, we, can, we will we have those at our, out. and then I might even see if Tiffany can have some up here in a basket. If anybody wants to stop by in Johnson County at the radio show, we will post that if we do make that happen. Absolutely. And the website is also in Spanish and English or English and Spanish. Oh, oh awesome. So. That is good. And you know what? I will bring some of these bracelets to the drug take back. That would be a good resource to hand out to the different people that are coming through there. You know, we also created a club. Cook Children's created the Water Safety Club. Mm -hmm. And what that allows is families to go on and become a member of our club. Um, And that gives them access to uh, free swim lessons. Oh, wow. Um, There's a tab right there on the website, and they can click it and see what partners are offering those lessons. I think Coralie is in Coralie. Yes. Sigma Swim. They do great. Um, Burleson Brick. I mean, there's Uh so many in each county. I can't list them all. But if a family goes on to watersafetyclub.org, they can become a member and see what partners are closest to them to learn how to swim, to learn free CPR, to request another life jacket, uh, just a number of items. And we have a new item each quarter every month. Oh, they can request a life jacket as well? They can request a life jacket. Uh, We have um, alarms for children uh, in the risk areas of one to four. Uh, We have bathtub kneelers that would encourage a parent to stay by the uh, bathtub side. Mm -hmm. Say that three times. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we really do have uh, a focus on all three of those areas, pool, lake, and uh, bathtub. So the, do they, for that, do they still go to the lifeguardyourchild.com for the Water Safety Club? Is that? The Water Safety Club has its own. It's watersafetyclub.org. Oh, org. So org. super easy. Okay. That's awesome. We'll have to share all and that information. We'll, yeah, too. we'll get Tiffany or we can go in there and post it on the um, show as well. Okay. In the notes. Well, I know that we're we still got a little bit of time, about 10 minutes or so. Uh, so Cook Children's, what are y'all doing to prevent some of these strategies? I know we just talked about the Lifeguard Child and Water Safety Club. Is there anything else that y'all are 
currently working on or well, does that cover that? I can, it, it's definitely a big part. I mean, we've put a lot of work into both of those. So I think families will find a lot of resources and on either of those sites, but uh, we can also share that we have partners in 11 counties that are helping awesome. to make sure that if we can't get to that county, we have partners there who have a lot of these resources who are going to be at some of the community events that are happening in their local area. They can go get a water watcher tag or sign up for swim lessons, get a fit for a life jacket. And so uh, I just realized she actually has a life jacket. (laughs) I I did not notice that a few minutes ago. That's cool. So those are the type of life jackets that y'all have then. Yes, we have these life jackets. um, And and again, if you look on the inside, you would just want to find that U.S. Coast Guard approval. It's right there. We just want to make sure families are looking at the label. That's such a key thing. Look at the labels. Know what you're putting on your child to know. Listen, if they like to splash around, um, if you're going to be right there and it's um, maybe a kiddie pool, stay right there because, as Dr. Guzman said, they can drown in such a short amount, a small amount of water. But if they want to splash around, just know what is a toy type of um, accessory Mm -hmm. uh, versus what is a life-saving device. They're two totally different things. I can also mention, too, if families go to the lakes, Cook Children's has put loner life jacket stations at a lot of our area lake entry points. So if they have forgotten a life jacket and you're going to the lake at the entry point, you're going to see a big Cook Children's sign that has all sorts of different sizes for the child to fit. And it's got instructions in English and in Spanish on how to fit it correctly. Oh, wow. That is amazing. Yeah. They can borrow it and just put it back when they're done. Y'all have done so much for this. Like, I just love what you're doing for the community. It's amazing. And I want to hear, I was thinking when y'all were talking about the gun safety at the beginning, I was like, that could be its own show. That is, I mean, I guess if we, if y'all want to talk a little bit about that, we could. Yeah, we've still got about Do you want to share a little bit about what you see with gun safety? Because I think that's something we need to talk about. (laughs) No, I I agree. I'm what? And I think uh, we appreciate you guys letting us be on here and having this forum because I think part of all of this doesn't work without education and a discussion about what's going on and what we're seeing, whether it's pools and drownings um, or firearms. Uh, And so um, firearms is my passion. That's what Mm -hmm. I I, I do. And over the last, uh, gosh, five years, it's been a a large campaign of mine is to reduce the number of firearm injuries. And and it's as simple as, you know, putting your guns away. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not any more difficult. uh, And no one, we don't advocate and we're not here to uh, have a political opinion. This is not a, this is all about saving kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so simple steps as to putting your guns away, locking them in a, in a, in a strong box mm-hmm. of some kind, uh, separating the ammunition from that gun is also key. Okay. Um, but there, you know, as I look at this and I've talked about this over the last five years, we've, I've also realized you got to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, and this is mm-hmm. part of the layers of protection and finding ways to, to get people to understand just the, the gravity of the situation. Again, they feel like it's not going to happen to me. I, we, I've talked to my children. They know what to do. I've, you know, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. well rehearsed in, in hearing that message. But when they, and they will repeat it to you just exactly how you told them. But when you put them to, to, to the test, it's a different story. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to show with some of the interventions that I'm doing is, gosh, you, and think about when you were a kid, you didn't always do everything your parents told you. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a household full of guns that were, none of them were locked. Uh, all in a closet and all loaded. Um, and so uh, an accident waiting to happen that just, uh, mm. fortunately for me, never happened. Never, despite yeah. the fact that I went in there, I looked at him, I touched him. Mm-hmm. It was something that I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and I take that experience and I tell parents, look, 
gosh, you think about what you did, uh, perhaps as a kid, um, and and just telling your kids is not going to be enough. It, it's right. our responsibility. It as a is fire, our responsibility as a firearm owner to make sure that our kids are safe. And how do we do that? We lock up our, our firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's as simple as that. And so I think that's the key message: is safe storage, uh, is mm-hmm. making sure that we're doing that first step, that first key step to keep our kids safe and not in, ending up in the ER uh, as a tragedy. Uh, as simple as that. And then we also talk about just safe children. Uh, you know, do kids know what to do? And I, I, there are plenty of families who, whose kids don't have guns in the home. Right. Um, and so they don't feel like they need to teach that to their kids, what kind of how to, how to respond in that situation. But I think it's gosh, hugely important that a kid knows if they do come upon a gun, no matter where they're at, whether it's in someone else's home or grandparents' home, that they need to know, know how to respond. What do, what do I do as a kid when I, when that comes up uh, and I face that situation? Well, you know, you stop, you don't touch, and you run away, and you tell somebody. Those are the simple steps, and you continue to repeat those. It's not just a one-time learning like everything mm-hmm. else in life. It, you yeah, just don't repeat. learn. Yeah, you got to repeat. Mm-hmm. It, you put, you know, you kind of hit the, the, the repeat button on the, on the VCR, and you just kind of keep playing that over and over, and you talk about it, you know, as much as you can with your kids. Mm-hmm. So the message kind of gets there at some point, and they understand all right, I need to, to walk away from this situation. Don't pick up the gun. Don't touch it um, and, and stay safe. Um, and then the final part of this is the whole um, safe play. So when your kids go to someone else's house, having that tough conversation of, hey, do you guys have firearms in the home? Are they locked up? Um, because my kids are going to be here. And I can tell you from my firsthand experience, my eight-year-old will get into anything and everything. Um, and there's nothing that's kind um, <laughs> of off limits for him. Yep. <laughs> um, and, it, and so it's not... You know, and I'll, I'll talk to other families and I say, it's not about your kids or what, it's about my child and I know what he'll do. And right. if he's in your house, he's going to find things. He's just going to, it's just his natural talent. Of- those are, that's good to inform parents to ask those questions because my kiddos went to a sleepover like two weekends ago and it was, you know, six or seven, 11 year olds. And I didn't even think to ask the parents that question. But just because our home might be, you know, under gun safety or, not every home is like that, and that would be, you know, awful. And then you put peer pressure, to, you know, in that scenario right. as well. So you get other kids together, and, and, and the response mm-hmm. is not always going to be a positive one when you kind of have that that scenario with our, with kids. Um, I know, you know, firsthand growing up. And so um, making sure that we're keeping other kids safe as well because mm-hmm. um, no one knows what's going on in our home. But I, I really don't want to be the one where someone else comes into my right. home and they, you know, they find oh, a gun. Oh, gosh, and that, imagine. Uh, you can't imagine the pain. I can't imagine the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go through some of these scenarios with families and our interventions to show them, gosh, despite what you've talked about and what the kids will repeat, they will find that gun, pick it up, look down the barrel, put their finger on the trigger, and it's just yes. chilling. It's just, you know, the hair and my hair on the back of my yeah, neck goes up right now. Yeah. Just Awful. thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but and how how simple a a safety step we can do at home. And, and, and again, there's no political intent to this. Oh, it's yeah. just all about keeping our kids safe and and how we can do that in a responsible way. And gun owners are responsible. And no one's saying they're not. Um, but we, we all get complacent, whether it's yes. pools and poisons, whatever it is, we all become complacent in our lives. What about in the car? Because like, I guess that might be something you'll see too. A parent gets out to pump gas or something and a child 
access as a gun. Yep, um, that happens unfortunately more often than we than we would all think. Uh, or it's not even your own car; it's somebody else's car that your children are in as well. Mm-hmm. So, and they make safety devices for your cars that you can actually put those put the gun, uh, the gun okay. away, and so keep your family safe. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about just guns in general, we we have guns in our home because we want to keep our family safe, but right. we don't realize that we're putting our family at risk, our uh-huh. kids at risk when you have a gun that's uh, that's not stored properly and loaded. Uh, I mean, that's a 24-hour risk, 365 mm-hmm. a, a year that uh, that we're all kind of prepared for this one event that may never happen to us. I'm not saying it, it couldn't, right. but it may never happen to you, but your kids are in that scenario every single day, yes. and it's a fight for them. Uh, and, literally and they're curious, and they yeah. don't, I mean, especially if you don't have those conversations with them. Yeah. And kids will still be ser- curious. Oh, uh, yeah. And again, that's... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. the most sensitive topics are the ones that are most important to have. And so talking through those, how to open the conversation and let the child talk and get their ideas on Mm -hmm. uh, what fears they might have or don't have and ask them what they think about, you know, a gun, because we see so often that kids play video games and Mm -hmm. things. There are guns and, and, um, uh, you know, different games where it's just not the reality, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They see uh, a death or or something, and it's not real because it's a game. And so it's really important to distinguish a different, a, a change from the game and what can happen in reality with the tangibles and um, open up the discussion. When you do that, then you give that child permission to think through it and not just be tempted to go look at it because we're not supposed to. Yeah, because you that. know that they're going to, I mean, if it's there, they're going to they're gonna get their <laughs> hands find on it. it. <laughs> yeah, and... I, I know of kids that your parents used to keep their guns in the top shelf of their closet. My kid could get on top of the refrigerators, just look at these splits, you know. So, uh, but we we have a gun safe, and uh, and I'm I'm always a little bit paranoid. So I always get those little gun locks that you stick through the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. The little, I don't shoot myself, but anyhow, when I the come across, lock. it's like, yeah, trigger lock. Yep. Thank you. It's like I collect those because my husband and my son and, you know, they all, you know, are big gun, gun people and love to hunt and things like that. But safety is really important. So anytime I come across something like that, it's like, oh, I might pick up one of these and give it to this <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, and no, definitely. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about kids and guns uh, that, yeah. you know, kids don't know where my guns are in the home. They, oh, kids don't yeah. will never touch yeah. my guns despite what I've told them. <laughs> uh, all these things that we have. I think his parents kind of have a false sense of security about um, when they already know where the guns are. They have already touched them, uh, perhaps, uh, in many cases. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that becomes really scary. Well, thank you very much. I tell you what, we're at the end of the show. Uh, thank you, Dr. Guzman, Dana, for joining yes, us this evening. We'd love so to have much. you back in the future. Uh, join us again next week for the Reach Across Johnson County segment on Joko Community Radio. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. When I switched to direct energy, I got $320 in Amazon.com gift cards, which I used to buy a new popcorn maker for when I binge all my favorite shows. I know. I thought she was guilty, too. Sign up or renew your energy plan and get $320 in Amazon.com gift cards. Visit directenergy.com. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash GC-Legal. Amazon gift card bonus applies to eligible offers. See directenergy.com slash Amazon for full details. Subject to terms and conditions. PUCT certificate number 10040.